Hey friends, welcome back to Along for the Ride. If you tuned into episode two, you know that last time we caught up on all things 2016, 2017. So today for episode three, it's time to talk about 2018. (laughs) Uh, I feel like this one is somehow going to be the heaviest of them all, but Honestly, I've been dragging my feet to even record it, but I promise after this episode, we'll lighten things up next week for episode four. But 2018 was crazy. It felt like it was a lifetime long, even though in other ways it did fly by. But truly, it was like a lifetime of experiences. All right, so January, I kind of talked about this at the end of last episode, is a very introspective month, not a lot of crazy things happening by any means. I was super into meditation and studying like all things energy and going to like energy healers and all types of spiritual practices and yoga and etc. Which I think that we'll dive into that at some point later on down the road. I've had a few DMs and questions about that. So stay tuned. But yeah, then I was in Australia for pretty much the entire month of February and it was absolutely amazing. Truly incredible. Like I fell in love with every place we visited and it was rejuvenating on so many different levels. I love Australia. I would love to find a way to like spend winters there. I just love it so much. I love Chicago, but like in the winter when it's summer in Australia, it's just the perfect time to go. And February was the perfect time to go. It was such a fun time. And by the grace of some higher power, it was completely drama free, completely drama free. And I think I've talked about this on the blog before, but that same trip, we were in Byron Bay out to dinner and I had had kind of like an out-of-body experience. I felt like I felt myself saying words that I didn't necessarily like mean to say. I know that sounds so weird, but I was talking and saying, this is going to be the year that I finally live abroad. And yes, I wanted to, but I also had no real plans to make that happen. And I also like didn't really feel like that was going to be the year like in my mind, but I said that out loud. I don't know how to explain it. It it makes me sound crazy, but it was just really weird. And I remember exactly where I was and what way I was facing and what I was wearing, because I remember kind of being like freaked out that I just said that. And I was like, well, maybe, but it was weird. Like the last few days I had been again, a little bit more introspective and was reading a lot and just like doing a lot of like thinking. And I, I don't know it. It was a weird time. But yeah, then as history would have it, as soon as I was back in Chicago, my friend and I ended up getting in another fight just two or three days after we got back and then didn't talk for another few weeks. You know, it was just constant up and down. And March, mid-March, I want to say that same friend and I had one of our mutual friend's weddings in Mexico where we were supposed to be staying together. And it was two days, I think maybe three days before the wedding. And I finally had to be the one to like break the silence and talk like, what are we going to do? Should I get my own room? Should I switch hotels? Should I just not go at all? What's going to happen? And I did end up going. We both ended up going. And for me personally, it ended up being kind of the first glimpse of me finally gaining a little bit of clarity and like wiping the fog from my goggles with the whole situation, if that makes sense. But we'll get to that. So March in general was just a lot for me. I don't, I was so freaking overwhelmed with my life that every single task seemed insurmountable. I mean, I would get a parking ticket and like add pay parking ticket to my to-do list and be like, well, add it to the list. (laughs) Like I also had to renew my passport. And I was like, seriously, who has time for this? Like I, I don't have time to even renew my passport. I, I just like couldn't even help myself at that time. It, it's embarrassing to even say out loud, but I just felt like helpless. And I think one thing that was definitely contributing to just my like general high stress and anxiety that month was I was feeling really anxious about all of my upcoming travel. I think as we've chatted before, anytime that I've had like these back to back to back trips, all hell just kind of breaks loose after. And I think I was just really nervous that, you know, starting the next month in April, I had another 
two-month span of travel from Coachella to Japan to Amsterdam to Hangout Fest, like truly all back-to-back with maybe the most like two, maybe three days in between trips. So again, just like kind of a lot. And at the same time, like I didn't have it in me to clean my apartment and shit was everywhere. I think that this might be a Virgo thing, but I am so affected by my surroundings and Like if things are messy, I can't concentrate and shit was just piling all over my apartment. Like things from press mailings, things I like wanted to shoot for the blog, things I just didn't even know what to do with. I kind of wanted to have like this charity beauty sale. So I was like saving all these beauty products in the corner, multiple suitcases everywhere. Usually like suitcases open across the floor, like trying to plan and pack for trips. It was, it was a nightmare. And I was just to the point where I couldn't even think in my apartment. Like I, looking back, I was about two seconds away from going crazy. I don't even know what I would be like doing all day. I feel like I would try to work, but couldn't concentrate. And then would like try to clean and get too overwhelmed and then try to work and just like get my life together. It just, it wasn't happening. <laughs> I'm like laughing about it now just cause it, it just seems like crazy. But I would say on like a scale of one to 10, I was operating at like, a 15 every day on the stressed out scale. Just so stressed out. And to be honest, a huge stress for me at that point was that blog campaigns had pretty much essentially stopped, stopped coming in. So this was a year ago. This was March of last year, 2018. And you know, that holiday season that had happened just before that, like holiday, I guess 2017, you could say, I only had two holiday campaigns that winter. And then usually January is a slow month for bloggers in general. So that January I'd kind of tried to like brush it off like, oh, it's just a slow month. But then February passed without a single sponsored post. And then here we were in March and nothing was coming in. And then I didn't even know it yet, but then April came and like nothing was coming in. And I pulled the stats on this earlier today for a bit of reference in 2017 total, I had 27 sponsored blog posts over the course of the year and compared out of my total number of blog posts that made up 11% of my overall content, which I think 10% sponsored is a pretty like decent number. That's kind of what I always used to like stay around. And I don't think even in 2017, I was trying to balance it like that, but it just kind of worked out like that. 2017, I was not planning strategically in my business. That is for sure. But it, again, happy accident, I guess you could say. But then in 2018, this past year, I had five, five, zero five total over the whole year, meaning that like less than 3% of all of my blog content was sponsored. And like, if you want to compare that number five to 2017, I had five sponsored posts by the time February happened in 2017. So the fact that nothing was really coming in, I was really starting to stress the fuck out about money, which turned into me stressing out about everything. And then the real kicker, I started questioning myself as a blogger entirely. I started questioning my voice, questioning literally everything. And in a world where you can literally see what all of your peers and fellow bloggers are doing, the campaigns that they're getting, they're all public. You know, you have to put like hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored. And I am sitting there like, why am I not getting campaigns? Like, I know this isn't an industry wide thing. This is a me thing. Like what is wrong with me? What happened? Why don't brands want to work with me? And the whole comparison game just started this giant downward spiral in my overall confidence and just started brewing into this like self-doubt disaster. And I I have a whole like onslaught of opinions about this and I'm going to save that for a whole nother episode entirely because I know that's something a lot of people have questions about, like the whole behind the scenes of the financials of what it's like to be a blogger. And I promise... I'm like an open book. I will dive deep into that, but I just feel like we'll be here all day if I get into that now. And I kind of think that that almost needs to be its own thing. But yeah, so this would be, where are we? Like March last year. And I remember I like had dinner with my friend Kate from Be There in Five 
And we went to this Mexican place that has RIP like since closed. But I remember explaining remote year to her and telling her that I just felt like I needed a break and I wanted to do something differently. And I think around that same time, I had like applied to get more information about an upcoming remote year itinerary that started in July. It was like a one year thing and would have started in July 2018. And I'm like, like, I would still be on it now, I guess. But weirdly enough, I just never heard back from them. And I had had like back and forth emails actually before that, like maybe the year before with somebody. And it was just kind of weird that they didn't get back to me then. But honestly, life got kind of crazy and I just forgot about remote year entirely and all of that. Also around the same time, about a year ago, a young lady had emailed me a few times asking if I needed a personal assistant. And we met and I absolutely loved her and I basically hired her on the spot and had her come over the next day. And I definitely, I mean, I was not in a place to be bringing somebody like on my team, but honestly, I just felt so overwhelmed and crippled with like crazy anxiety on a daily basis that it gave me the peace of mind having somebody to like almost just like help share the burden with. And and it wasn't really even work projects because those were not coming in. But I just needed help, like just in general. I needed to get things out of my apartment. I needed help listing things on Poshmark and like running to the post office. And like just, I needed somebody else on my team because I just, I was fading fast. (laughs) So yeah, then we are now at April. And this is definitely related, but I, again, don't want to get too much into it here. I did this thing in early April called RTT, and you may have heard of it if you've listened to The Lively Show, or that's really actually the only place I've heard about it, but it's called Rapid Transformational Therapy, and it's basically like regressional therapy. Like you kind of go into this like meditative state and recall things from your childhood and kind of figure out where some of your limiting beliefs started. And since I was like really struggling with self-worth, I think at the time, and I mean, who isn't? So I did that at, so I think I had my consultation call in like maybe March sometime. And I did did the session in April. And I want to do a whole post about that, but I, I do attribute a lot of what's to come and me finally like walking away from things that I needed to walk away from and like turn things around like did sort of have to do with that. So we'll get into that at a different time. I'm not trying to like do all these cliffhangers, but I honestly, I just feel like this episode will be like three hours long if I don't try to like stick to the calendar year. So in April, that's when like a wild few months of travel kicked off. Coachella changed a lot of things for me. So I like finally had my light bulb moment with that whole up and down ebbs and flows friendship. My best friend now, Kelly, whom you'll meet on the podcast next week is she's the best. She's like the happiest, most bubbly, high spirited person I know. And like not in an annoying way. That kind of sounds annoying. I feel like when you say it out loud, but just in a total good vibes kind of way. She's seriously just the best. And I, I truly thank my lucky stars for her on like a daily basis. And when we get to like October, you'll even understand more so why. Anyway, on the way out to Coachella, I was already in LA and my friend Kelly had spent the whole day traveling with our other friend from Chicago to LA. And when I saw Kelly that night, I mean, it was kind of like a travel day from hell and like a whole a whole thing that's not necessarily important but when I saw Kelly that night it was as if it was as if all of her energy had been sucked out of her she looked like a shell of herself and I just will never forget that moment obviously she like is so cute and looked amazing and I, I don't mean that in like a mean way by any means but it was just like a glimpse of her and even though it was a few seconds it felt like I was looking at her for an hour where I saw her looking so run down and like utterly exhausted. And I had known her for, I guess, only like a year and a half at this time, but I'd never seen her like that. And it was as if I was looking like at a mirror. And in that exact moment, like I'll 
never forget it my whole life. I had this like deep knowing that that was exactly the toll that this up and down friendship had and was having on me. And until that moment, I didn't realize just how mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausting it was. I mean, it's no different than a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you're constantly fighting with and it just it just like needs to stop and all of your friends are like, what the hell are you doing? Just like walk away. And ever since that weekend in April, Coachella, I've just distanced myself entirely. And instead, I've focused on friendships that fill me up and feel like a two-way street instead of a give, give, give situation. And then after Coachella, there, I guess, was a lot of like physical distance put in place from that friendship as well. Because I came back to Chicago for a night and then, and also had like my aunt staying with me that night. And then I flew to Japan for three weeks. And on that day in between, I had majorly come down with something in between trips. And truth be told, I had this like weird gut feeling that I shouldn't go to Japan. But like, what the hell was I supposed to do? You know, I had this trip planned with one of my good girlfriends. I was meeting her there. Like, was I the day before supposed to be like, Sorry, um, feeling kind of sick. I can't go. I mean, I just, I wasn't going to like leave her stranded in Japan for three weeks. Like it was a long trip. It wasn't like a weekend thing. We had committed, we had paid, like I was going, you know? However, <laughs> whatever sickness I had basically like quadrupled on the plane ride to Tokyo. Like truly the most miserable 14 hours of my life. My head felt like it was going to explode. And I truly feel like I was deathly ill for all but like, three days of that entire trip. I could not find an English speaking pharmacy. I was having to take like three times the dose of medicine because I'm like three times the size of a Japanese man. And I was going through like a whole pack of medicine a day. I mean, I don't even know what medicine I was taking, you know? I that That's actually when I learned that never, ever, 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 ever travel without like some sort of a little medicine kit of the things that you normally rely on when you're home because getting sick outside of the country, especially when you don't speak the language is, yeah, that was, that was bad. I I think I probably needed antibiotics, but I had to like let it run its course. And I was sick for like over two weeks. I've never felt more sick while away from home or felt that bad being far away from home. It was just a lot, but tried to like keep on keeping on. And I, I hope that I I still like kind of feel guilty. I hope I didn't like ruin my friend Merritt's trip because I was so sick. But I think I hope that we still had a good time. And definitely at the end, we had like when I was feeling a little bit better, I feel like we definitely had more fun. But anyway, after Japan, I was back for I think two days and then in Amsterdam for 10 days for work, which again, a whole nother story. I'll track back to that. Then after Amsterdam, I was back for two days and then went to Gulf Shores, Alabama for the weekend. And it, again, was like back to back to back and like not learning from my previous mistakes of like overextending myself and saying yes to too many things. So yeah, once I was back in Chicago in June, I was just trying to like rev things back up with my blog and with my life and just move on with all the things. And I like vowed that I was never traveling again. I didn't even want to. I just wanted to slow down and settle down and get back on track, back in my blogging groove. And I just felt like I needed to try to pick up the pieces of my life. And that's sort of when my own personal financial crisis (laughs) hit. I guess like, let's backtrack here. Because there are so many times that I've sat and wondered like, truly what the fuck happened? And honestly, I think it's, I think it's a number of things. There were Definitely some poor business decisions made on my part, like two different companies I had hired back in like 2016 and 2017 that I thought would, you know, I'd be able to increase my business and justify like the large costs spent and neither really ended up bringing any more revenue or even making like an impact at all. And so that was just like a lot of money out the window with that. And then I guess on like just a personal level, my ankle ended up being like an eight or $9,000 endeavor, even though I pay $500 a month for health insurance. So that was awesome and unexpected. But beyond that, I think it was just basically 
operating in survival mode for so long, I just started letting shit slip through the cracks, truly. I mean, I would miss emails about paid projects coming in. There were invoices that I forgot to send, invoices that I never followed up with. Honestly, invoices that still haven't been paid from 2017, like thousands of dollars. And in general, just overall, I I wasn't paying as close of attention to like the whole financial side of things, which is something that is hard for me to even admit because it used to be something that I always prided myself on previously. Like I majored in finance in college. My mom always like instilled such good financial behaviors in us as kids growing up. And like, I'm just like, how did I get here? You know, but I feel like when I was moving so fast and like truly operating in survival mode and with all of the kind of crazy things happening in my personal life, I was just like pulling from savings and still living the lifestyle that I was used to when like business was thriving because I just assumed that it would pick back up and it just like didn't. Yeah. And then when partnerships more or less just like stopped coming in, I was just relying on like affiliate income, which is typically, you know, like back in the day was only like 20% of my income. So I finally got to the point, I'm like, okay, changes need to be made. Like this isn't working. And in the back of my mind, I had, I guess I'd kind of been like holding out for this past July for the Nordstrom anniversary sale. Typically that is a huge time of year for bloggers as well. You can make as much as you would off of affiliate income over the whole holiday season just from Nordstrom in that, you know, like two week period. And this year's Nordstrom anniversary sale happened and I got my post up a day earlier than I had in the past. And, you know, I had my assistant at the time helping me and had like the computer and the dressing room and like linking all of the things for the blog post, like to do an even better job than the year before. So the year before had been like a pretty good year with that. And this past July, <laughs> it was, let me do the math. I basically made like 15% of what I did the year before, even though I had done like even quote unquote better of a job or got it out sooner and did like the same kind of formula that had worked the year before. And I, I was like devastated. And that's when I was like, okay, um, I'm not going to be able to rely on this this year to kind of like pick up the slack. So changes have to be made. And that's, why I finally kind of made the decision this past July to like sub let my apartment and try to save some money there because my while I love this apartment the rent is just like very high and more on like the woo woo intuition-y side of things you know when it was kind of like a very hard like financial kind of time and I was pretty stressed about that I had this deep knowing that I should sublet my apartment like that that was the thing that would like bring the most relief. And even though it seemed crazy and I was scared shitless because I didn't have any other housing situation lined up or really didn't even know where I would go, it it felt like the right thing to do. And I just felt like if I could just cut my expenses for a few months, get back on my feet, hustle hard, and like build my savings back up. And to be honest, in July and August, like I did. While there weren't any like sponsored blog posts, I did have a good number of sponsored Instagram campaigns, which do pay less, but with more of them, you know, you can kind of like make that up. But yeah, that's what's so hard with how inconsistent blogging income is. I was so fortunate and so lucky for so many years that I never had a problem with projects coming in. I'd never pitched myself. It was always just incoming and I was able to make great money and live comfortably. And then just like one day I wasn't. And it wasn't just one day, but there are so many ebbs and flows with blogging in the fiscal and calendar years that some months are just slow and I guess you just have to have like faith that more projects are on the way in the coming months, even though you don't know. But if you look, you know, I've been doing this like nine years now. When you look back at trends from the past years, it always kind of has picked back up. But then when all of a sudden, like month after month, things are slow and you're sitting there like, what the fuck do I do? It's really scary. Especially, you know, I don't have like a 
significant other or something to like rely on to help me pay the bills. It was just, it was a scary time. And I would say it's not really until recently that I've kind of stopped to reflect and look back on all of it that I realized like I was just doing the best I fucking could. I mean, I have been so freaking hard on myself this year and and last year at the end of last year, blaming myself for letting like my business seemingly go down the drain, you know, at different points over the last two and a half years, not prioritizing work in my inbox and focusing on my mental health and sanity and overall wellness instead of work. And I guess just not having my mind on the money all the time. Like I've been so hard on myself about that because like, who else can I blame? You know, like it really is just me. Like I'm a one woman show in pretty much every single aspect of my life. But I would say that recently I'm finally, slowly but surely, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm all the way there yet, but I'm getting to the point where I'm able to like look back at all of this and have some perspective knowing that I really was just trying my best. Like I was doing the best that I fucking could. And even though it doesn't make it any different now, it just feels better internally to be a little bit more kind to myself rather than to keep beating myself up about it. You know, I guess like everyone makes mistakes and what else can you do except like learn from them and come up with a new plan and try something else, you know? But anyway, where are we? Let's let's finish up this very long-winded year. So we're like June and July time. So I had also been working with one of my good friends on a skincare line, which is why I was in Amsterdam for those 10 days. And anybody who started a brand or a business or a company knows in the beginning, you're obviously not getting paid. So I was putting in time week after week after week and had even flown out to Amsterdam on my own dime to work um, on content and have meetings and all that jazz. And probably in July sometime, I I just had to back out. And honestly, it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. But again, I just listened to my gut and knew that something just didn't feel right and even though it all seemed amazing on paper, that I I just couldn't do it right then. And, you know, with our investment plans to get investors on board and we were probably going to be able to, like, start pulling salaries come, like, this time, you know, in the start of 2019. And it was kind of like, just kind of have to stick it out until then. But truth be told, at that time, like, my time had to be focused on, like, revenue-generating activities. Like, I wasn't in a place to operate on like future dollars, if that makes sense. And yeah, that, that was, it was definitely one of the hardest decisions I've had to make. But again, at that time, I just was just running on doing what felt like the right thing to do in my gut. I know that that sounds like so crazy sometimes, but that's the only person that has the answers. And I would be like talking, you know, I would even ask my assistant, I'm like, what do you think I should do? Even though, you know, it's like, she doesn't know, but she's getting advice from other people. And she's like, what is your gut telling you to do? Like you always operate from a place like that. And I'd be like, my gut is telling me to like back out of this, but I don't like want to do that. You know, my gut was also telling me to move out of my apartment, but I didn't want to do that. It was just it was just crazy. So yeah, all of the apartment stuff. I I actually documented all of this in July and August with almost daily vlogs, like a whole video series. And those are all over on my Patreon page. I can put a link to that in the show notes. But basically, for those that don't want to watch there, I ended up subletting my apartment in July. I had 48 hours to move out wasn't sure where to go, ended up moving all of my stuff to my brother's house in my hometown, which is four hours away from Chicago, taking multiple trips over that whole weekend. It was, it's kind of a disaster, but I, I actually, I think I have a whole, yeah, I do. I have a whole blog post about kind of the crazy timeline of how that all happened. I believe the post title is called like my very eerie remote your story or something like that. So even if you just search like remote your story on in the search section of my blog that should come up. So then a few days after I moved out, I found out about the remote year opportunity. Long story short, 
if you haven't been following along that closely or don't know my full story, I feel like I've talked about it on an email blast and in Insta stories and just kind of all over the place, but but here it is all in one place now. Long story short, I found out about Remote Year back in 2016. I have an email sending it to a friend of mine being like, I just found this company online. It looks sick. I thought it was awesome, but it just wasn't the right time for me. They used to only have year-long programs and with weddings that I was in and it, it just leaving for a whole year felt like too big of a commitment. And I told you how Back in March, I actually applied for more info about a program that would have started this past July, but I never heard back and again, like forgot about it and the crazy things that followed. So fast forward to the week that I move out of my apartment, I was back in my hometown for like two days when a friend of mine who's done remote year before, he did a full year and I like met him after I found the company, like he's a more recent friend, but he saw on the remote year, like internal Slack channel, a post that they were looking for a blogger to come on one of their four month programs through Latin America this fall. When he texted me, I instantly had that prickly feeling all over my body. A, I, I did not know that they had four month programs, like those were new and B like, holy shit. Like I just saw it like Rain Man, like all adding up in my head. Like I did not have a place to live currently. I had no trips on my calendar at all in the fall. It was just like very weird and very eerie timing. It wasn't until like two days after I moved out of my apartment. And I feel like that's that whole thing, like create the space for the things you want in your life. Like, I I don't know. I instantly knew like, holy shit, that's it. I just had that deep, calm, knowing, intuitive feeling the only way I can describe it but so I applied that first week of August and I actually even though I like had this deep knowing feeling and was trying to like not get my hopes up but I didn't hear back from them to like the last week of August and again that's like the whole journey is documented with daily videos on Patreon but I basically had 10 days notice to pack up my shit and leave the country for four months. And not to mention in those 10 days, I was like speaking at the Create and Cultivate conference in Chicago and I was in a wedding and all of my possessions were strewn across the state of Illinois at my family's house and in my apartment that was no longer mine and in my storage unit and trying to get like all of my shit together. It was, it was a true whirlwind. But um, then I left for remote year and Remote year was not one big walk in the park for me at all, but it was exactly what I needed to catch my breath in a sense. It was the obvious right choice for me at that time, and I would do it all over again in an in a heartbeat. It seemed like a total no-brainer to get to travel to a new-to-me part of the world instead of living in my hometown for a few months, and I truly feel as if it was meant to be, I was meant to be there and meant to have done it. And so like, I guess a a little bit of background, like while I was on remote year, I paid my program fee just like every other remote on the program does, even though I was a blogger. But then I got to invoice remote year every month for the same price as the program fee. So it was a wash. And for that exchange, I was dedicating at least 20 hours a week to helping them with their marketing efforts. So I guess if you want to look at it, like in short, I basically had found a part-time job that covered my housing costs. So I still had to pay for all of my expenses and everything like that, just as I would in Chicago. But I mean, obviously the cost of living in third world countries is much, much cheaper than a major city in the United States. But then since I was in those parts of the world, I obviously wanted to take side trips and go to places like Machu Picchu and Cartagena and other places on my bucket list since I was already in those countries. So I probably wasn't like saving money there. And that was kind of my whole goal this fall by like moving out of my apartment. But but anyway, so when I decided to go on remote year and take the position at the end of August, things had picked back up with the blog and Instagram. And I I was hustling in the end of July and August and I had like quite a few kind of partnerships and it had picked back up. And I was confident that I would still be able to take on projects while I was down there. My former assistant, you know, she was still working for me at the time and I had a mailbox here and we, you know, we're just going to like coordinate it and she could ship me things if I needed them for product and all that. But that is just not how it worked out. I was not expecting to have to turn down every 
single project that came my way from August or end of August, I guess, once I left September through December of this past year. Like for whatever reason, just kind of a fluke, every single incoming paid project that it had some type of like Chicago specific element to it. And I I had to turn down a lot of money. Like I think I've kind of like blocked this time from my mind, but it was like around $25,000 and it still makes me sick to like even think about it. But Q4 and the whole holiday season is typically the most like opportunistic time of the year for bloggers, minus like the Nordstrom sale if you blog about that. But you know, here it is the busiest time of the year and I basically just wasn't taking in an income once again. So even if like remote year did kind of end up setting me back in a financial sense, it did, it saved me on a day-to-day basis, like truly saved me. Even though I was still doing my blog while I was there and I was working for remote year and had deadlines with that, I just didn't have any other projects on my plate and I feel like I was able to catch my breath and it was a change of scenery. I met new friends and I just got to take a little break for a while after the last two and a half years, you know? But I'd say that that um, breath catching didn't really happen until November. So September was a whirlwind. I was meeting everyone in my group, eating everything in Lima, just trying to like adjust and adapt to this whole new lifestyle and kind of figure out what the next four months were going to be. And I had already come a week late because of the wedding I was in over Labor Day weekend. So I even more so just felt like I hit the ground running. Like by the time I got there, everyone had been there a week, was like already in their groove. And I was just like running to catch up, you know? And then 10 days later after I got there, I was already on a plane to Cusco for Machu Picchu, et cetera. So September was just kind of a whirlwind, but I like loved every second of it, you know, going surfing before work and I mean, that happened once, but I feel like that's something I'm very proud of myself that I did. But anyway, again, I've talked about this on the blog briefly in different blog posts in October, but October was one of the hardest months of my life. And I was about five seconds from booking a one-way flight home from Columbia and quitting the program entirely. I mean, holy shit. I don't even know where to start with October, honestly. The travel day from Lima to Median was, it should have been like a three-hour flight. It, it, it ended up being a travel day from hell, not for the whole group, for the three of us that were on this random other flight that ended up getting canceled, then getting delayed. It was like a 15-hour travel day, I think, for like the not a very long stint of travel. And... Then, so I got in late, tried to unpack, but then everyone was going out and it was so much warmer in Medellin than it was in Lima. And we just wanted to like have fun. And I woke up the next day so sick. Like, sure, it was one part hangover. I think it was like one part exhaustion just from like the whole last month. I had not stopped once, you know, doing all of the things, doing all of the projects and meeting everyone and whatever. And then it was also like one part stomach bug. Like I felt like complete shit. And like we've discussed, being sick while away from home is just the worst. And I had only lived in that apartment like a day, if that, not even a full 24 hours. So it didn't even feel like my home away from home yet. It was just not good. But I mean, thankfully that only lasted about two days, but the whole rest of the month, I just, I couldn't catch a break. The whole first week I was there, I remember thinking like, my God, I'm having like really bad PMS. Like everything is driving me crazy. And, but it was just like a constant funk that would not go away. Um, I joined a gym. I was working out. That wasn't helping. I was, went, found a yoga studio, was going to yoga classes. That wasn't helping. Could be because it might've been in Spanish and I understood nothing. And I was looking around upside down half the time to even like understand what poses we're supposed to do. Like not a relaxing experience. Yeah. I was going to the gym. I, I got a massage that first week. I ended up getting a massage like every week that I was there to like truly have some zen in my life because it was pretty affordable. I really wasn't drinking or going out that much. I was sleeping. I was journaling. I was taking care of myself. Nothing was working. So maybe the second week we were there, my debit card number got compromised, like not there, but like in the United States, which 
isn't a huge deal. I could still use my credit card. I just wasn't able to get out cash. But you know, I have friends that were able to get out cash and I was able to just Venmo them like from my checking account, you know? The hard part of that situation was convincing my bank to send me a replacement card to a different country, Colombia of all places, via like, normally they're like, oh, we'll just send it the regular mail. I'm like, no, 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 it won't make it here. Getting mail in Colombia is like insane. I need you to send it like UPS, send it certified. Somehow they did. They're the best. And also somehow by like the grace of a higher power, it arrived like five days later. I was not expecting it. I thought I'd never get it because I've heard like such horror stories about the mail in Colombia from other remotes, but it, it came. So even though I did not have a debit card, a few days later, my Nordstrom debit card that's linked to the same bank account was compromised. So if you're not familiar, I actually feel like they don't have this anymore. Somebody told me, but maybe I'm like grandfathered in slash it got compromised. I don't even know if I have a new, a new one now that I'm thinking about it. I've like not shopped since I've been back. Wait, that's weird. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Back to business. So Nordstrom has, or had this debit card. You link it to your checking account with your bank and you're able to use that card in Nordstrom stores and online to be able to earn points like a credit card, but you're not like racking up a credit card bill. It's coming out of your account. So when I worked at Nordstrom in like 2000, when was that? 2011, I got a Nordstrom debit card. So that a few days after my regular debit card was compromised, was compromised and used at Hotlook and thousands of dollars were spent out of my checking account, which a few days before, a few thousand other dollars were spent out of my checking account. Like thankfully my bank replaced all the funds in a few days, but it wasn't like it was like a credit card balance. Like it was like coming out of my account. And again, it's not like I needed my Nordstrom car. I couldn't shop at Nordstrom while I was in Columbia, but it was just like, are you kidding me? You know, I couldn't believe that that had happened. And it all seems so odd because it was like somehow the same checking account was like getting hacked through different cards. It just, it seemed weird. And I kind of thought that like my entire identity was almost being stolen, if that makes sense. And my bank was like, you need to open like a new bank account entirely. And I'm like, well, I won't be back to the United States until January. They're like, yeah, you have to do it in person. It can't be over the phone or it just needs to be in the United States. So I was just kind of like taking a gamble that nothing would keep happening since the Nordstrom thing was technically, it was with the Nordstrom card, but on my bank's end, it looked like, you know, it's coming through like my routing and checking numbers. It was just a whole, whole thing. But thankfully it, it did not end up being like an identity situation. It was just two fluke things that happened at the same time. But also at that same time, you know, October is when most holiday campaigns are coming in. So it was like every single day or every other day, I was having to turn down yet another paid partnership. And after, you know, so many months in the first half of the year about not having any, and then they're coming through and they were all ones that like, I couldn't say yes to. And after like a two week period and like over $20,000, I felt like I was going to have a nervous breakdown. And yeah, if you were listening to last week's episode when I talked about ghosting my therapist, basically karma is a bitch because my therapist essentially ghosted me while I was in Columbia. I'm totally kidding. She's amazing and I still see her to this day. But before I left, I remember talking to her and she's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to do some type of like Skype session. We might not be able to bill it to your insurance. It might have to be like life coaching or something like just a different way. She had talked to like her supervisor, the corporate people or whatever. So I just kind of thought they would be able to happen. And then, you know, we had emailed maybe twice in September. And then when October, things were like really getting kind of intense for me. I was emailing her and I guess just with like some red tape, we were not able to have like Skype sessions or whatever sessions while I was out of the country. And obviously I was going through like a lot of changes, like a living out of the country, living with roommates for the first time, adjusting to like having another job besides my blog, you know, working for a remote year. And I just felt like I like needed to talk to her. And I 
didn't really understand at the time why she couldn't just fucking talk to me. (laughs) Because I had like other friends in the program that were still talking to their therapist back in the U.S. But later I found out that it was this corporate thing. And since she's at this practice, like she couldn't make that call. Like people are kind of making that call for her. Whereas I think my friends, they were more so self-employed therapists or whatever. And they could, that's how they were able to talk with theirs. Anyway, but at the time I was a fucking crumbling and like hanging on by a thread. And I literally felt like she was hanging me out to dry. I know that seems dramatic. And now I'm able to see so clearly that she wasn't, but I was just struggling so hard with like, should I stay on this program or should I go home? I kept feeling like, okay, universe, you gave me this opportunity basically on a silver platter and I felt like I'm supposed to be here, but then why does all of this feel so fucking hard? Like, why are all signs here pointing for me to just pack my fucking bags and go home? Like, why am I having such a hard time? You know, I'm looking around at the other people in the group and they're like having the best times of their lives that month. And I'm like, like depressed. I And I, it was just a hard time. And also like not to mention all sorts of toxic people tried to start making their way back into my life in October, like old friends. Every guy I've ever slept with or even remotely dated in like the last two years somehow slid right into my texts or my DMs that month. I was like, where are all of you psychos coming from and why are you coming out of the woodwork? Let me be. I'm in a different country. Like lose my number. Oh, and then there was the guy that I met in line at a taco stand, (laughs) naturally, in um, Medellin that ended up like having this great chat with and exchanged numbers with him. And then like he ended up ghosting me. Like who knew? Ghosting still thing in Colombia. I mean, he was American, but still. And like, honestly, he owed me nothing. We just like met in line at a thing. But like, why even ask for my number if you're just, then when I text you, you were like already gone, even though you told me you were like leave, living in Medellin. I was just, it was bizarre. And it was like not what I needed at the time. But um Yeah, I guess like the other kicker in October, like how long is this laundry list now? I was just having like major FOMO that month. One of my best friends got engaged while I was away and I couldn't be at their engagement party and I missed like our annual fall trolley. And there were just like so many like fun things with my friends. And I think, you know, it was getting to be that I'd been gone about six weeks and the most I'd ever traveled at one time was I think five weeks, um, so it was just the longest I'd ever been away. And it was it was just hard. So all this is happening, right? And I was at my favorite cafe and I was responding to an email from my therapist or writing her an email like, listen, I am crumbling. I am crumbling quickly. I feel like I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. And I don't know what to do because nothing, all of the usual tricks are not helping. And I will soon be six feet under if shit does not turn around. Like, I was not well, and I'm not saying that lightly. And as I'm writing that, I just felt like this like tidal wave coming for me. And I knew that tears were going to be coming and that they would not be stopping once they came. I just, I just knew it. So I like packed my shit quickly at this cafe, went around the block and like sat on the curb. I could, I could take you right there in Medellin, Columbia right now. I can picture it in my head. And I sobbed harder than I have ever sobbed in public in Medellin, Colombia on the side of the street. I was so out of sorts that I ended up calling my mom. I had not talked to her in over a year, mind you. I ended up just calling her because I felt so fucking desperate and just didn't even care that we hadn't talked. I'm pretty sure I cried on the phone for like the next hour and a half, two hours, you know, at like 20 cents a minute internationally and just truly couldn't get it together. I was a fucking wreck. Like, I had to do something that night on camera for remote year. After that whole like cafe whole morning incident, I remember I was like walking back to the workspace because I had Spanish. And I don't remember if I somehow got through my Spanish lesson. I remember it was just me. Or maybe I was like, hey, listen, today is not a good day for me. I don't remember. But I ended up going home in the afternoon and taking a shower and needed to like get myself together. Like I had to be on camera for a remote year. I needed to like try to like put some ice cubes on my eyeballs because I looked like shit, but I just, I still couldn't stop crying. I just couldn't stop. I've 
I don't know that, I mean, I've maybe had a handful of other days like that in my life, but it was, it was like next level. And I had to like text my remote year manager, like, Hey, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't stop crying and I can't leave the house. Like I didn't know what to do. Like, Hey, like be like, Hey, I'm sick. Like I, I didn't know like an excuse that would warrant me skipping what I was doing. So I just had to like be completely honest. And he's like, okay, take the day, take tomorrow too. And we'll talk later this week. And Ray, if you're listening to this, you are like the best manager there is. And I love you and I miss you. Yeah. We've since had many laughs about how he for sure thought I was leaving the program and how everyone in the program knew I was like not well that month. But anyway, my best friend Kelly is a goddamn saint. And that week I probably cried on the phone with her for like 10 hours. 12 hours like she essentially became my therapist and I guess by the end of the week I I just like got it all out of my system I felt like I had cried all the tears there were to cry I'd written some therapeutic blog posts I had like taken a few days off of work and I just kind of felt like I was coming up for air and that's when shit really hit the fan (laughs) that weekend I mean, okay, so I think we we had like an Instagram live on Sunday and after that people were going to like a fun brunch that somebody had planned and I had been so boring that month, like truly not gone out at all and I just felt like I needed to like blow off some steam. So we went to brunch and we were like day drinking and having a good time and then around like seven-ish we went to a different bar Yeah. I mean, it was probably, it was like before dinner time. So like six, seven, you know, we'd gone to brunch at like one. So we'd definitely been drinking for a few hours. And we're at this bar, this like outdoor bar. And my friend Amy, who had gotten engaged a few weeks before, had called me and I had not talked to her since she got engaged, you know, like more than text and like a quick FaceTime. But so we were on the phone for like 45 minutes and I was just like, all consumed in like this conversation, catching up with her and was explaining the month to her. And I was literally on the phone telling her like, yes, it was a hard month, but it's okay. We're turning it around. I'm starting fresh this week. We have like, you know, one, I probably at that point, like one week left in Median. I'm going to like make it a good one. And while I was on the phone with her, my entire wallet got stolen right out of my bag. Like the new debit card that I had had for a handful of days, stolen. My actual wallet, stolen. My ID, stolen. My apartment keys, my desk keys from the workspace that like my, well, I don't think my computer was there, but my like podcast equipment, uh, everything was like locked in that desk. Everything was in my wallet somehow because it was like this pouch type wallet. Like all the cash that I had, actually everything except my credit card was stolen by the grace of God, I'm telling you. I'd given it to my friend to split the tab when I walked away to talk on the phone. So thankfully, I wasn't like shit out of luck for the next few weeks, but I had to have my bank send yet another debit card, but I had to have them send it to Bogota since we were moving and I was scared it wouldn't get to Medellin on time. And it just like never came to Bogota. I like checked with them, checked the tracking stat. It just was like lost. And actually my friend Amy (laughs) told me since I was like on the phone with her when the wallet got stolen, she's the sweetest and surprised me and sent me like a wallet to Bogota that next month, but I never got it. Like she told me that she did that later because she's like, Deb, did you um, get anything? Like didn't want to ruin the surprise. But yeah, so apparently mail in Bogota is just like way way different than Median. But anyway, so with the debit card, I just operated without one for like the next two months and was just Venmoing people for cash because it just like wasn't even worth it trying to have them send me another one. They were probably like, is this a scam? But yeah, obviously the wallet stealing sparked yet another like colossal breakdown. I was so upset when it happened because it was one of those situations that like I couldn't believe it. I'm like, it's not in my purse. My friends were like, I bet you just left it at home. I'm like, no, I paid at the last bar. I gave you my card. Like I had my wallet and they're like, no, no, it's probably at home. And I'm like, I had my fucking wallet. (laughs) Like, Oh God. So I Ubered home and my roommates were at dinner in a different neighborhood and my doorman who 
at this building, I this was like one of my favorite apartments, but like our door staff were just like not nice. I don't know why. But he had seen me daily for the last four weeks and would not let me up to my apartment. And I like texted my roommates. They're like, oh, we're at dinner. And I I didn't say that like I was locked out. I was like, oh, okay, I like don't have my keys. And they're like, all right, check with the doorman. And he like obviously didn't let me in. And I didn't even like let them know. I was just like beside myself. And they felt terrible when they came home. They're like, oh my God, you should have told me. So it wasn't like their fault that I was locked out, but I just... I was outside and sat on a bench and literally lost my shit. Like, I ended up calling my mom again. I just truly couldn't get it together. I was sobbing, and it had spiraled to the point of, like, I'm just not where I want to be in life. I never thought this is where I would be at 29. And honestly, that's a whole other thing. So I think turning 29 at the end of August hit me like other people say that turning 30 hit them I like you know me I'm always one one step ahead where one jump ahead of myself so for me turning 29 I was basically turning 30 if that makes sense it was the same thing I I only had one year left so basically my 20s were over and I was not where I thought I would be I just remember I'll never forget again sitting on that bench and like I mean the crazy thoughts that were going through my mind and I I think a lot of the shit that month was also me just having like an existential crisis of sorts because I I was just beside myself. I'm just like, I am sobbing on the phone with my mom at 29. Like I just felt like such a helpless kid in that moment. And I, I don't know, you know, it, it just, it was a, it was a situation. And my mom was like encouraging me to come home. I mean, put yourself in my mom's shoes. I'm not like faulting her. She hadn't seen me in two years. We hadn't talked in a year. And then in the last week, here I am calling her like a complete train wreck twice in one week, like truly rock bottom situations. And I had even texted Kelly. I was like, I'm, I'm flying home this week. Um, and I went to book my flight home and it was like $1,200, which just when I had looked like the week before when I was considering like, am I going to stay or am I going to go? It was like $300. So it was like four times the price. And honestly, I think that that's what like stopped me in the moment. Cause I was thinking that I was going to see the price like $400 and it was like $1,200. But yeah. So I think in the moment that's what stopped me. And again, I like took a few days. I don't think I even left my bed for like a day, maybe two again, talked to Kelly on the phone for like days straight. And I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Like, should I stay or should I go? I felt like I was shooting myself in the foot staying, but what was I coming home to? It just, I wanted to finish the program. It just, it was tough. I'm obviously I made the decision to stay. And in like a weird turn of events, I completely like through happenstance, since I was the positive impact committee lead for our group. I ended up meeting this woman via email who ran a few different philanthropic organizations in Medellin. And like, I I can't even make this up. Like turns out she was American and she was a therapist in Medellin who specialized in working with expats. (laughs) Like it's just crazy. And I ended up having a session with her like later that week And I think it was like our second to last night, but I'm like, whatever, it's worth just having like one session. It was like on Halloween. I remember it. I was going to our Halloween party after. And I don't know what it was, but she ended up teaching me like so much about just anxiety overall that I never really knew. And that single session was truly like so transformative for me. And I just... I learned so much about like the anxiety that I have always had and just even more ways to just like manage it. And yeah, it it was truly like transformational. That session definitely helped. I do think it was like a mix of everything though. Like this is a, I guess a whole nother can of worms. It was also going on that month. The next day, guy who was on the social media team who had like not been pulling his weight also got let go that next day. Like there had been so much resentment building on our team because most of us were taking time away from our businesses, you know, in exchange for this program fee. 
and he wasn't and was still getting paid the same amount that we were. It was just a whole thing. And I think finally just working through all of the different issues and with that single therapy session and her teaching me so much about like coping mechanisms on like a day-to-day basis and, and us honestly moving cities like two days later, it was just the fresh start that I needed. It's so hard because like I really did like love Median and it's such a cool place to visit, but like it was such a hard time, <laughs> such a hard month for me. And honestly, the next month, November, was like my favorite month of the whole program. And it had nothing to do with the city of Bogota. I mean, I it's funny because I look back, I'm like, oh, I love Bogota. But there's not like as a tourist, like that much to see or do there. Um, I just loved our apartment location. I loved our doorman, Gomez, at our building. He was the sweetest. We lived right on this beautiful park. I even like took up running in the park. The baristas at Juan Valdez knew my order. I found this spin studio that was so close to our apartment and I was obsessed with it. And I actually had a moment there, like in those dark rooms on stationary bikes with like music blasting and it doesn't matter if it's in a different language and I can't really like understand technically all of it. That is what home is for me. And that is what I need to stay sane, truly. I know that makes me sound like the basicest of basic bitches, but I was going to like a gym in Medellin it was an amazing gym, but I just like wasn't getting the same thing out of it. There is something about like a soul cycle type of room or like a spin studio that just, just is my jam. But anyway, I was in my element in November and that's just all there is to it. I was like the highest of spirits. I was just in such a good head space and it felt so good after such a crazy month. Um, in December, it was a good month, but it was, it was a weird month. Remote here ended up doing like a ton of corporate layoffs the week we got to Mexico City and four of the staff members that had been traveling with our group got laid off one of which was my manager who I was obviously good friends with at that point and he was running the whole blogger program so it was just really strange like we had our you know we got there on a Saturday like you always do and on Monday had our weekly meeting kick off the week meeting but it's also our kick off the month meeting and just like ready to like crush it with content the last month and Then all of a sudden, like on Wednesday, he was fired and we were getting managed by somebody else remotely and it was just strange. And I also got kind of sick that first week. It was like this sinus thing that just wouldn't go away. I like couldn't sleep at our apartment. All of the sounds on the streets. I mean, if you were like following along on Insta stories or where was it? Snapchat? I don't even know. It was, it was a joke. Uh, My room was very bizarre. I had like red light bulbs. (laughs) I had no closet in my room. Honestly, at that point too, I was just like ready to come home and I was just ready to get this like next chapter of my life started. I felt, I felt like I had like weathered the storm of 2018. I was ready to end the year and I was ready to start 2019 like a phoenix from the motherfucking ashes, (laughs) like a total rebirth, you know, that's truly how I was like viewing it. And actually I, Kelly and I talk about that in the episode for next week. So stay tuned. But yeah, I think another part of December too, I honestly had so much anxiety about the end. Like I was ready to go home, but I also didn't know where the hell I was going to be living once I got back. And I would start to look at apartments online, but you never really know till you see something in person. And it just felt like a waste of time. And I wanted to be like living in the present and soaking up the last few weeks at the same time. Like I knew I would regret not living it up those last few weeks. And trying to savor the moment, but you know that end date is close. It was, it's like a very weird limbo. And I just, I've realized I don't do that well with limbo. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the rest is kind of history. I flew home on Christmas Eve and my subletters ended up moving to the East Coast at the end of January. So I was able to get back into my exact same apartment. It all worked out so very ironically in such a beautiful way that I could have never planned. And like, here we are. I mean, things are far, far, far from perfect now, but I do feel like I've like kind of weathered a lot of that storm and it's wild. Like you don't even realize how bad you're going through it until you're out on the other side. And I I just feel like it was like a two and a half year storm and I'm on the other side of this like cloud and then I'm, whew, told myself I wasn't going to cry, but yeah, it just... I don't know. It it just feels 
very good to be out on the other side, even though there are so many unknowns this year. Like, I, I need to find an apartment that has cheaper rent. That just comes down to it. And I don't really want to move. And I'm not sure if I should wait till my lease is up or move out before then. And I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see kind of what shakes out this year. You know, I'm kind of dabbling in a number of different projects. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing some consulting work with a company I used to work for, so that's exciting. And I'm also doing a little bit of nonprofit work, which I'm actually really excited about. Um, I really want to write a book. I don't know if that'll happen this year, but, you know, in the next few years, I'd love to take on more styling clients. I definitely want to keep going with this podcast and I will still be writing the blog, whether or not they're sponsored posts or not. (laughs) But shit, guys, I am sorry if you need a drink after that one. I feel like I do. That was a lot. If you are listening to this on your way to work, I hope your coffee is extra strong today. I'm sorry that this is so long. I'm typically going to try to keep episodes like closer to like, you know, the 45 to an hour mark, but hey. I warned you, I like to take some conversations to like deep levels and I've got some long-winded explanations, but I promise that things will be more upbeat next week. Oh, thank you so much for just listening and I guess being a place where I can share some of these things and work through some of these things. So as always, thank you so much for listening and I will see you back here next week. 